The Dr. Chris Griffin Show, Season 1, Episode 7. We are realizing how health can be affected by the oral state and how somebody losing their teeth will lead to all kinds of systematic problems, such as atherosclerosis or cancer. Now, who said that? Welcome to the Dr. Chris Griffin Show, your resource for leveraging systems and technology to ease your workload, increase productivity, and provide you with the time off you deserve to live the life of your dreams. It's time to practice productivity and the passionate pursuit of a better life with your host, Dr. Chris Griffin. The doctor is in. Hey, sports fans, welcome back to another episode. I just want to thank everyone so much for being awesome listeners and, and downloading the podcast and and going and uh, subscribing. Thank you so much for helping us, uh, you know, our rank go up on iTunes. That's been awesome. The quote I threw out at you before the intro, now that one you're probably not going to get, you know, because it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit detailed. And this, and I got to warn you on the front end, this episode is going to get a little bit geeky for the dentists. Uh, and even if you're a dentist, it's going to get kind of geeky for you too. Because if uh, you could possibly not be into what I'm about to talk about, but maybe, and you probably should have already thought about it. I know you've heard about it. And so uh, hopefully after today, I can do a little convincing for you and uh, and encourage you to get into this field, this still growing field that is just... Uh, you know, just an amazing place to be. So uh, the quote uh, about how oral health affects everything and, and can even lead to problems such as cancer. That was said by Dr. Michael McCracken, UAB professor and totally awesome guy who I just hung out with this past weekend. And um, and that is another reason why that I'm I'm doing this show right now while this is fresh on my mind because it I just really had an amazing experience and I just felt like I, I you know, if I'm going to have the Dr. Chris Griffin show, I got to share my experiences and, and the ones that are totally awesome, like the one I just had. We got to share that. There's another quote that he had that I've never heard before that's really applicable to all of us dentists who are all you know doing surgeries basically every day. And I'll explain that one later. Actually, that quote is pretty cool. It is small incision, bad decision. Now he may, he may or may not have even come up with that. That possibly could be from somebody else. I don't know, but he, he did say it at his lecture. And so, um, anyway, I I thought I'd pass that on there for you. If you are looking at your mind map and you're following along, as you, as you always know, we go clockwise. And for whatever reason, I always start these mind maps out. If you're looking like at it clockwise, it's like the 10 o'clock position, and we go around in a clockwise fashion. Uh, so, obviously, I had a great experience this past week. What I did, let me just tell you guys what I did. I, after several years of badgering, uh, was convinced to take a, another hands-on implant course, which I've taken many. Um, I I meant to pull my AGD transcript up and just see how many I've taken over the years. Uh, rest assured, the reason I have not yet gotten my master's in the academy is not because of implant training, because I certainly have enough hands-on hours to do me for a while on that. But um, I had some friends that really encouraged me to go to this one particular course, and uh, we'll get to that in a little bit later in the show, too. But but I always resisted, and you know, implant dentistry has been around forever. I'll never forget, I don't know, his freshman, sophomore year at UT, 
I was sitting in class with uh, one of my best friends, and we had a lecturer on implants. And back then, it was not even like the cool, awesome titanium implants that we have now. It was, you know, blade implants, and they're, you know, they're showing us blade implants. And even then, I thought, wow, this is the wave of the future. This is so amazing. I, I want to be an implantologist. And he said the same thing sitting in class. He didn't even remember doing it, but it, he did. He said it. He said he also thought he wanted to go into implantology. You know, we we're so green, we didn't even know that wasn't a thing, right? We we didn't realize implantology was not a specialty. We just saw the potential and thought, wow, that could be awesome. But as things go, dental school got harder and harder, and uh, I, you know, I decided, well, it's going to be it's probably going to be good enough for me just to get my degree and, and be a dentist, and you know, that's that's good enough. Let's forget these ideas of fancy implantology. But it's been around for a long time. I think some of the cases they were showing us back at UT were from even the 80s. And as things have gone by, more and more dentists are placing implants. I have seen statistics that ranged anywhere from 10% to 20% of dentists out there are placing them. I think some people say it's closer to 20. Some people say it's a little more than 20. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, I go around and, and lecture, and I think that, of course, a lot of people restore implants, but if you talk about the people who place the implants, it's really only about 10% of the uh, general dental population that place them. Now, a lot of specialists place them, and boy, I didn't know there's a big turf war over implants. I mean, golly, the oral surgeons, of course, they think that's that's them. Um, endodontists like to place implants, I found out. Prosthodontists, who knew that? A lot of prosthodontists think placing, they should be the guys placing them because they know where they should go to make the prosthesis is the best. Uh, so, uh, and if you get real, you know, technical down to it, uh, general dentists are some of the first ones that brought implants onto the scene and actual reality. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of people laying claim to being the ones that deserve to be the 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 dentist who are truly qualified to place implants. I'm not going to get into that argument because I love everybody, and if you're good at placing implants. Go for it. There's plenty of missing teeth out there, and there's going to be more missing teeth, so I don't see why that's going to be a problem. Um, now, you know, if you're a specialist and you feel like you must charge way more than the general dentist because you're a specialist, then obviously that's going to hamper your ability to do more cases. However, if you're a general dentist, you better darn well know what you're doing when you're placing them because you're not a specialist, right? And, uh, Regardless of what price you're placing them at, you better know your stuff because uh, if you're if specialists really get kind of a pass. Uh, now they're all you know specialists are all great and they're all professional, but if you're if you have more letters out behind your name, you know you you get a little bit of a pass if something goes wrong. And if you're a general dentist, you don't necessarily get that pass. So if you're going to place implants, I think that um, I think you better know your stuff. And that's kind of why I went to this course. Because I want to know how to do more types of implants, and I want to I want to have my stuff together. I want to be really good at it, you know. I don't want there to be a, a problem. So um, I would say that one of the interesting things about just talking about real quickly the peop the amount of people that are placing implants, only a very small percentage do what what I would call hard cases. Uh, you know, where you're going to potentially run into things with a name. <laughs> and and uh, also Dr. McCracken said that during the lecture. I, I picked that up from him. I'm not I'm try, certainly not going to try to steal any of his 
quotes. Um, I don't know where he may have gotten them himself. Uh, but most cases out there are quote-unquote hard cases. I mean, you know, I will have a lot of patients interested in implants, but for the most part, I refer them out because of some issue. You know, it's not just as simple as drilling a screw into a piece of wood like one lecturer said years ago when I went to his lecture. So why is it? Why is it that we, as general dentists, are so scared about implants? Or even some of you specialists out there, why are you scared? Um... I think it's probably because of those worst-case scenarios. In placing implants, some of the worst-case scenarios are really worse than other things you do. Like, you're probably not going to have trouble, nerve damage, or bleeding problems when you're doing a filling. It's just not going to happen. Now, you know, we all know you could have extended numbness from a shot, giving someone an injection, you could have bleeding problems from extracting a tooth. You know, you know, instruments can slip. There's all kind of, that's why I have informed consent because, you know, medicine's not perfect. It's called medical practice for a reason. It's, it's just, it's not, you're never going to have that exact perfect result every single time. But I think that implants have had such a mystery and there's been a lot of misinformation out there for so many years that a lot of dentists were just scared of them. And I'll, I'll include myself in that. I was just scared of them. I mean, uh, I don't want to cause irreversible damage. I don't want to have lingering numbness because I encroached on a nerve that has a name. Um, I don't want to have a bleed that I can't stop. That was maybe the biggest thing that scared me all these years. I, you know, I don't hit the lingual artery. (laughs) I mean, I don't want to, I just don't want that to happen. And, uh, you know, if you're, if you're out there and you're supporting your family and you're making plenty of money, without doing things that run the risk of bleeding or numbness or irreversible damage. And what the heck are you doing, man? Why why would you get into that and expose yourself? Um, but as, as time went on, it just became more and more obvious that as more of my patients needed something like this, and I saw their hesitancy to go to the oral surgeons that I would refer to, and, and man, the oral surgeons are so good. I love those guys. I mean, they have saved my bacon so many times. And I'm not, you know, I'm not an advocate for general dentists out there just try to steal patients from your specialists or quit sending specialists your patients. I think specialists play a major role in a general dentist's life. you got to have them, and you need, to, you need to help them out and do stuff for them too because they really can help you in a tight. Um, but there's just a large amount of patients who are not going to go to the specialist for anything where I live. In big cities, it's probably different, especially if you're right down the street. But where I live, a lot of people are asking for things, and I just, if I'm not going to, if I don't get, if I don't do it, nobody's going to do it. So I knew that I had to get serious. And after today, I'm going to teach you the things that I learned taking this course I just took that uh, it'll help you know where you can go if you want to get really serious about dental implants so you won't be so scared and confused and I think that's that's the major thing that we're looking for so hey where'd I go I mean this uh, that's the big question right um, I I went all the way to the big city of Birmingham Alabama well two cities actually I went to New Orleans Louisiana and Birmingham Alabama um, it's it's a it's a course called implant dentistry 
surgical placement and restoration implants, kind of a, you know, I love you, Dr. McCracken, but I mean, I'm maybe not the most enticing title. I mean, it's not going to jump off the page at you. Um, it's, it's a group, uh, I think some people refer to them as Alabama Implant Education. And, you know, I guess I just always thought if something this life-changing, earth-shattering, amazing were this close to me, which Birmingham is two and a half hours basically from my doorstep, I, why would I not know about it? I mean, would everyone not be just running down there and telling everybody else to go? I mean, I, that's what I thought, and so uh, I resisted. I guess maybe three or four years ago, I had a friend from Robertsdale, Alabama, named Dr. Jason Northcutt. Now, Jason has been uh, has a couple of claims to fame. He years ago was um, was on a on a CD called um, something about future superstars of dentistry with uh, Greg Stanley. He interviewed a bunch of dentists, and Jason was one of them that he interviewed. and uh, And years later, I ran to Jason at some other courses. We struck up a friendship. Uh, he got really good at implants, and you know, everyone. You know, some of you have been to my seminars, my big yearly events, and I invited him to be a speaker at one of those. And he came, and he was a great speaker. Um, talked a lot about implants, how they changed his practice, and you know, the little thing there was uh, he just had one little bitty slide, and, and he said, "Hey guys, if you're interested, you should go down to Birmingham and take this course." Um, and you know, he threw the slide up. I don't know how many people from that course went, but one of the people who went from that slide was Dr. Steve Deloach, one of my best friends up in Dixon, Tennessee. Now, now Dr. Steve will tell you himself that for a while he had probably hadn't been as excited about new things in dentistry as he used to when we first got out of school. I mean, he and I, we went all over the country, literally trying to learn everything we could we wanted to be these amazing cosmetic dentists right out of school i know i've told you that story before Uh, he was right in there with me we both wanted to do this this exact same thing and then you know life took over we started having kids we both kind of got out of that and uh you know he'll be the first to tell you he kind of lost interest in new things in dentistry well he saw that slide and he, he liked dr northcutt's presentation so he goes down there and he takes their big course they got a big course and a little course i just took the little course but boy, it was, it was really big for me. But but uh, he took the ten month course, which is you know that's a big commitment. But he goes down there, and I got to tell you, I've never seen a change in a single person like I've seen in him over the past year or so. He is absolutely on fire for dentistry, and uh, he's doing big cases left and right. And it's just amazing to see some of the work he's doing. And he's honestly gotten really advanced, more advanced than me, and in, um, in that area. And it kind of bugged me, you know, my competitive nature took over. And I, I was, you know, for, for a year he badgered me. You got to go take this course. You got to go take this course. It wasn't just me either. Uh, like they should be paying this guy a commission because he got me and I think four of our classmates. We all went down there pretty much together. And um, we all experienced it in the short course. And, you know, what Dr. Northcutt and Dr. Steve, they were, they what they were saying one hundred and ten thousand million percent true it was an amazing experience um so you know who who are these people that we just met (laughs) you know it's crazy but i didn't even i didn't even really i've gone to hundreds of hours of implant training it's always boring and stale and i just you know i didn't get it 
and the hands-on portions are on pigs or, you know, deniforms, and I just didn't get it. Uh, and so I got it after this course. So who who are these people who finally got through this amazingly thick skull of mine and managed to uh, to to teach me things that I, you know, after 20 years of practicing on patients, I did not know yet? Uh, well, I may get some of this wrong because, I mean, I didn't read, like, their bios or anything, but from being around them, I guess – eight days or so, um, the the whole course is run by this guy, Dr. Michael McCracken, the guy we talked about earlier with the quote. Uh, he is a professor at UAB, but he runs this residency program um, that's sponsored through another university that's also in Birmingham. So it's kind of, you know, I don't, it's not really UAB, but it kind of, he, he's sort of from UAB, so I guess it's kind of associated with it. Uh, he was actually mentored by Dr. Carl Misch, you know, the famous implantologist guy, um, who probably mentored a lot of these folks, but but he also he did mentor Dr. McCracken. And, um, you know, Dr. McCracken, just an amazing lecturer, by the way. If you've not heard him, amazing. Um, he just sort of has a way of getting through. He's, he seems to always be happy and upbeat and have a smile on his face, but but he talks about the tough stuff too, the stuff you need to know. I have been to a lot of implant courses where they don't tell you the bad stuff, right? They tell you the good stuff. They say, well, you're going to make a lot of money and all, you know, it's not that hard. It's like screwing a piece of screw into a piece of wood. Well, you know, he tells you, you can do it, but he's going to tell you the stuff to watch out for. And he's going to be real clear about the dangers and, and, but he's going to help you work through what you do about it. If something bad happens. And I think that was the beauty of the course is, just finally learning the the downsides, the worst case scenarios, but what you do about it if that happens. And hey, this is not the end of the world. We're just going to prepare for for things to go the way they need to. If something goes wrong, we know how to correct it, and we'll keep moving forward. And it's just so so clear, and this very good educator. He's a very good educator. He put me to shame as far as speaking skills, and so um, you know I was just super impressed. Uh, we got down to this course. Uh, in New Orleans and so there's three days of lecture it's great there's some hands-on stuff kind of like stuff I've done before on the deniforms blah 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 same old same old but the real magic came when we go to this place called the foundry now this is close to Birmingham uh, in a city called Bessemer Alabama you know not exactly the rich suburb of Birmingham uh, but it's a very special place because they have a recovery center there for addicts and what they've done, uh, Dr. McCracken and also his partner in crime, Dr. Guy Rosensteel, who, by the way, also amazing guy. He's <laughs> just, just a great, just like the greatest guy in the world. Um, they have, they run a residency program. They have like 10 or 11 residents running around. Uh, first year out of dental school, guys. And some of them stay one year, I think. Some stay two years. If I had a son graduating dental school, I would want him to be in this program. It is that good. Uh, it is amazing what these guys are learning. But, you know, so you got the two doctors, you got the 10 residents, and a bunch of the staff are people who have recovered from this recovery center. And, uh, you know, as Dr. McCracken said in his lecture, yeah, if you're on crystal meth for 10 years, you need to go see your dentist, right? And we all know that. If, you, if you've been on a bad drug for a while, you're going to need some dentistry. And a lot of these people need a lot of teeth pulled, and then they have gaps. And implants are really a great way to fix that. And it just is sort of is a, a, a place 
where you can help people that need it um, very affordably and give experience to doctors, give experience to residents. And it's just like a, it's a very magical place. Um, on on, on another, another, a little caveat, uh, they also teach IV sedation, which, you know, I, I've been through a really good IV sedation program a few years ago. Uh, but there's what well, it, if it's like the implants is probably the is probably the best IV course too. Uh, Doctor Deloach is actually taking it now, and so. Uh, I need to quiz him and find out if he likes this IV course better than the one we took together in 2007. Um, so, you know, what kind of surgeries do you, do they do? I'll just tell you about the surgeries there that I got to do. So I get there, and um, we're there for three days. And they don't really promise you more than one surgery a day, but they do kind of promise you you get at least one surgery a day. And just like anything else, if something happens, uh, you may not be placing an implant. You may have to pack it with bone and and uh, put a membrane over it, stitch it up, and send them home. And if that's the case, tough luck. But they're really going to bend over backwards. See, I, they tell you that, but then I never saw that happen. There's, a, there's another cool guy that really kind of runs the show. He's not a dentist, but he is... Well, he works his butt off, and I'll just give a shout-out to Scott McCallum because, uh, man, this guy works so hard to make sure that I got surgeries and everybody that wanted surgeries. He tried so hard to help us get them. Uh, if you want a hard surgery, you could request it. If you want an easy surgery, you could, requ- you could request it. And, uh, boy, Scott just worked so hard for us. I, I, you know, I don't have enough good things to say about all these people. Uh, the surgeries I got to do. Um. I got to do first a number, uh, a number 19 missing tooth. So this guy comes in, he's been missing number 19 for quite a while. Uh, guess what I got to do on him? I got to turn a flap first time. Isn't that crazy? Go through dental school, never turn a flap. Go through 20 years of practice, never turn a big flap. Well, you know, I guess I've turned flaps. So like I do a lot of envelope. I've done a lot of envelope flaps, right? Done a lot of envelope flaps. Occasionally we've done more than that but this course if nothing else it taught me finally how to turn real big flaps and um, that goes back to dr mccracken's quote small incision bad decision i was the guy doing small incisions i did not really understand the reason you need to do big incisions and so um, that's one thing i took away from this so we do a pretty big incision flap the guy back Um, once you do that Man, you can see that bone. You don't have to guess at it. You're not going to run through the bone drilling out your implant. Uh, you're just going to be able to make a hole in the bone, pop it in there. Uh, we did a really a pretty good-sized implant on because he just had really great bone. And um, the implants we used at this course were from a company called BioHorizons. And uh, we put I put a big, with the, the blue color uh, in there. I forget the size. This is the biggest one in the kit. And put a nice big implant in there. Uh, to about 10 and a half millimeters deep. The best thing is, you know, when you do these flaps, you see the bone and you know how deep you're going. You do not have to guess at it. Bleeding's not a big problem. Something I just didn't understand is that the bleeding's not a problem when you do a big flap. The bone's not going to bleed, so this is not a problem. Um, there are a few things you have to watch out for, but it is the flaps really help you. Um, so the next case I did, I... I actually got to extract number seven, eight, nine, and ten on a fella, and we placed immediate implants in 
number seven position and number ten position and I got to pack some bone graft material around those because the space was a little bit bigger than the implants we used 15 millimeter implants there and then you know it was awesome because we got to look at the cone beam before the surgery and we we worked through it that's another thing that's so awesome is before each set of surgeries Dr. McCracken has his residents put together PowerPoint presentations and they have x-rays and cone beams and and um, you know all the pertinent medical history is there and so we went over how I need to angulate these implants to stay in the best bone um, you know this is something I probably would not have known on my own you, you know most of the time you have to angle these anterior implants to the palatal bone because it's just thicker I didn't know that really um, but now I do and once I did it it was so much easier uh, than I expected so we put really nice implants in 7 and 10 uh, put some bone graft material, put some collagen membrane over um, over the the cover screws of the implants and also the extraction sockets of 8 and 9. Stitched him up real good, sent him home. Called him the next day. He said he hadn't even had any pain yet. Well, there's another thing they taught us there. They taught us how to give patients steroids after implant surgeries. I would have never believed that patients would not feel pain any more than they did, right? It was crazy, the things we learned and, and, and how to do this. What else did I do? Oh, um, I did I did the cra I did the biggest surgery I've ever done, right? So I'd requested one of these, and Scott really helped hook me up with a uh, what they call a foundry special. Now this is where a person's getting full mouth extractions on the lower and a couple of implants for a uh, for a for a denture that snaps into those and you know I tell you, it's crazy because you numb them up um, and they follow the rules there so you're so strict they're so strict with anesthetic so a I was glad I could get him numb um, I, he was sedated uh, Dr. Deloach was actually doing his IV so he's sedated he's got a lot of drugs in his system and and uh, they're monitoring things so closely, but I numbed him up. Was able to get him numb, amazingly, in my opinion, because there's so many teeth. Um, but we start taking teeth out, get them out without incident. Now comes the fun part. We actually um, made an incision all the way across his lower jaw and and did this huge flap. Pulled the, the, you know, pulled the gum away from the bone on the lingual and then the facial wow that was an ordeal i mean i was in there for three hours because yeah, i never done anything like that it was so you know so difficult getting that gum away from the bone there was a resident that came in and and was my assistant by the way and this is another thing the residents are so good and if you go like he just took it upon himself to help me because he knew it was going to be hard because it was my first time to do something like that he then and, and so you're doing surgery right there with a resident just right there a foot away from you telling you yes no do this don't do this it's just such an amazing experience so we do that place two implants stitch the guy up man you got to stitch those guys up a lot another thing i would have never known that you need to put that many stitches in somebody but it's a big surgery right you you take all the teeth out smooth the bone put implants in stitch them up that I mean, is a big surgery uh, the last thing i got to do was extract a tooth put an implant in the socket immediate placement for them just to use right away uh, it was crazy because i had always thought that if you took a tooth out 
you know, it's really hard to put an implant in that place. But it was a lower premolar, and I guess the implant size just matched the extraction site so well. We just basically extracted the tooth without drilling, screwed the implant right in, and it was a, it was just such a snug, tight fit. It was so great. And, um, you know, that's going to be such a – it was so easy, like a traumatic ex- extraction, screw the implant in, they're ready to go. Right? It's just – it was so good. Um, I learned about flaps, so many things, like don't be scared of the mental foramen. Just carefully find it. And once you know where it is, now you don't have to even guess if your x-ray is right. Or, you know, you can take comb beams, but you can take comb beam anyway. But if you're looking at the mental foramen – you know where to put your implants, right? You're not going to run into it. Uh, use your comb beam to find the big nerves like the inferior alveolar, the sinus, all that stuff. Um, you can use x-rays too, but, uh, you know, we use both actually, x-rays and comb beams there. I got a lot of good training on that. Um, and, you know, it was just, I guess the big takeaway was it's just so much easier when you can see it hands-on and your instructor's just right there over your shoulder and people are so nice and helpful and trying to help you learn instead of making you feel bad or stupid because you just don't understand things. So, uh, you know, I just I just had a, had a great time and I felt like I wanted to share it with everybody just so you could kind of get a little taste of what I just experienced. And, uh, hey, this disclaimer, I'm getting – I paid – tuition i paid my tuition for this course full tuition i didn't get anything out of it these guys are not paying me to say this i just felt like it was worth one episode of my show just to share this with everyone and i hope that some of you take uh, take them up on their course uh, i won't get anything out of that either but i mean i think you i think everyone who's serious about implants should go to this thing especially if you're in the southeast united states it's, it's a very it's close but it's gonna be good for any if you're from anywhere guys it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome so uh, anyway i guess the last thing to touch on would be well i just got through talking about these flaps i did before i got before i went down there i just started getting into this guided placement and um, you know where you have stents made or you make your own stents and you snap them into people's teeth and you know they they have these little sleeves and your implant drills fit in them and it lets you know exactly what angle and all this you need to do to put your implants in and when you do that you really don't flap when you can flap anyway but the kind of the purpose of these guided implant stents is so you do not have to flap your patient open well after going to this course i now kind of understand a little bit better the differences right so even though my comb beam i think is very accurate and you need a comb beam to be able to do a a stent for this guided implant placement you know i think that i think things could be a millimeter too off honestly on a comb beam maybe not two millimeters but it could be a millimeter off i think you know after i saw things on to and we went over comb beams there at the foundry and i feel like you know i feel like if you can see things and you can touch and feel them it's always going to be a little safer than um than if you can't and if you're if you're not flapping somebody you can't that's just plain and simple uh, certainly less expensive to do a flap than to do guided placement. Your uh, your implant guides and stents, they're going to be very, you know, it's going to add a few hundred dollars to every case. And maybe that's not a big deal to you. Uh, but it's, you know, this just a fact. Now, 
even down there, they will tell you sometimes they'll do a guide. Just if it's if it's a case that's a slam dunk, it's always better for the patient if you just have a tiny you know a tiny little hole and and that's that. But if there's any anything tricky about a case at all, I almost think you should just go ahead and flap it. And that's me after 20 years of not doing big flaps. Now I understand, and I did not understand before this past weekend. And uh, it just makes everything so much easier. So that's my two cents. Uh, once again, you know, I'm not putting myself out there as some kind of implant expert. There's plenty. Lord knows there's enough of those out there on the lecture circuit. But I just felt so strongly, and I've taken so much away from this course, I just felt like I had to share it with you guys because this is going to make a big deal in my practice. It's made a big deal in Dr. Loach's practice, Dr. Northcutt's practice. These are guys I know. I know the facts. And uh, it has made their practice so much more strong and powerful. And they can help so many more people now that they took the course. And now that I met everyone down there, I just have to say one, have to, I loved it. And I wanted you guys to know about it too. So I'll try to get a link on here in the show notes where you can go on the website and just look. But, man, don't don't let that – if you don't like the way the website looks, don't let that fool you uh, because this this course is the real deal. You can take it from me. So, anyway, I spent a whole episode talking about a CE course. I probably won't do that again for a while, but um, I appreciate everyone's attention. Uh, if you have any, any thoughts about trying to get more serious about your implants, I strongly recommend this course. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm probably not the kind of guy that's ever going to get on here and bash a course. But, and as you know, I'm not the kind of guess, guy that gets on here and brags on a course either. In fact, I'm kind of jealous that I never came up with a course this awesome with Capacity Academy. But, um, yeah, this place is a real deal, guys. So, anyway. All right. If you, if you ever hear this, Dr. McCracken, Dr. Rosenstiel, you guys were awesome, and uh, I hope to see you again someday. Maybe one of these days I'll take the big 10-month course, right? So, uh, anyway, I will, thanks, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned. Next week we'll be coming at you with a new episode. Um, we're going to be talking about the practice achievement formula. So chew on that a while, and uh, I'm going to reveal it to you next week. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. All right, see you guys next time. Thanks again. We appreciate you joining us for this episode of the Dr. Chris Griffin Show. Be sure to visit drchrisgriffin.com for the latest resources and updates to keep you more productive every single day you're at the practice. So when you're not working, you can do the things that matter most in life. We look forward to having you join us for another episode of the Chris Griffin Show, where the doctor is always in. Hey.